Welcome back to the enchanting realm of tales of scales and sorcery. In today's episode, our brave band of lizard folk heroes venture forth from their swampy abode to the bustling town of Mildenbar. Watch as they navigate the perplexing world of humans, facing cultural clashes and moral dilemmas. From a daring hunt in the forest to a tragic misunderstanding on a farm, the journey is filled with action, suspense, and a touch of humor. So grab your dice, ready your character sheets, and join us in this epic tale of scales, sorcery, and suspense. This is Crit Quests. Welcome to Tales of Scales and Sorcery. Our intrepid band of lizard folk, under the imaginative guidance of their dungeon master, find themselves on the outskirts of Mildenbar. The night air hums with tension and anticipation as they set up camp, the flickering campfire casting long, serpentine shadows upon their scaled faces. Their quest is laden with danger and entry. They are to unearth and disarm any lurking menaces that threaten the safety of their distant swampy homeland. As dawn breaks, painting the sky in hues of orange and pink, the party, comprising a resourceful ranger, a stalwart fighter, a mystical sorcerer, a ferocious barbarian, and a devout cleric, make their cautious approach towards Mildenbar. The ranger, a figure of quiet determination, leads the way. His eyes, reflecting a mixture of curiosity and caution, scan the surroundings. He has had fleeting encounters with humans and other fleshies before, granting him a sliver of insight into their strange, non-reptilian ways. This knowledge, albeit limited, is now their guiding star as they step into a world so starkly different from the marshes and thickets they call home. Their entrance into the town is anything but inconspicuous. The morning hustle of Mildenbar halts momentarily as townsfolk halt to stare at these unusual visitors. The lizardfolk scales, an array of greens and browns, glisten in the morning light, drawing curious and wary eyes from every corner. The ranger, aware of their conspicuous presence, maintains a stoic demeanor, his head held high, a silent message to their noble intent. As the lizard folk adventurers stride into the heart of Mildenbar, their keen eyes quickly discern a man of authority, his voice stern and commanding, orchestrating the movements of the town guards. This man, adorned in a cloak that whispers of rank and responsibility, stands as a beacon of order amidst the bustling town square. The guards, clad in polished armor that gleams under the sun's embrace, move with disciplined precision at his behest. The ranger, with scales that shimmer a deep emerald hue, steps forward. Inherent in his gait is the innate directness of his reptilian heritage, a trait that has served him well in the untamed wilds of the swamps. He approaches the man, his eyes, a piercing yellow, reflecting a seriousness that belies his curiosity. Greetings, he begins, his voice a deep, gravelly rumble. We seek knowledge of dangers that may lurk near this place, threats that could harm your people, or ours. The man's initial reaction is a blend of surprise and confusion, his eyes flickering between the imposing figures of the lizard folk in their strange, exotic garb. Whispers ripple through the gathering crowd, a mixture of fear and fascination. It's clear that tales of the lizard folk's recent deeds, a muddled mix of fact and rumor, have preceded them, painting them as creatures both formidable and fearsome. After a moment of awkward silence, the man clears his throat, adjusting the clasp of his cloak more out of habit than necessity. You speak of dangers, strangers, he says cautiously. This town has indeed faced troubles of late. Thieves and bandits have been a thorn in our side. 
His words are measured, tinged with the reluctance of involving these foreign, daunting beings in local affairs. The ranger nods, his expression unchanging. Thieves, you mean those who take what is not theirs? Those that bring harm to others for their gain? He asks, seeking clarity in a concept so alien to his communal way of life. Yes, exactly. The man replies, a hint of relief in his voice for having found common ground. They lurk in the shadows, preying on the unwary. But rest assured, we have our guards dealing with such scoundrels. As the conversation between the ranger and the town official continues, a subtle shift occurs. The man, initially guarded, begins to perceive the genuine intent behind the lizard folk's inquiries. Perhaps it's the earnest glint in the ranger's unblinking eyes, or maybe the straightforwardness of his words, unmarred by the usual guile of fleshies. Sensing an opportunity, the man tentatively proposes an arrangement. If you are willing to lend your strength to our cause against these thieves, he says, carefully weighing each word, we would be prepared to offer you a fee for your assistance. The concept of a fee, however, proves to be a foreign one to the lizard folk. In their society, built on the tenets of shared resources and communal effort, the idea of individual payment for services is an unfamiliar notion. The group exchanges puzzled glances, their minds trying to grasp this novel concept of money. In a moment both humorous and startling, the barbarian, with his imposing stature and scars that tell tales of many battles, steps forward. From a pouch at his side, he produces a handful of human meat, an offering from a previous encounter, and presents it with a sense of pride. The townsfolk recoil in horror, their faces a canvas of shock and revulsion. Murmurs and gasps ripple through the crowd, a mix of fear and disgust at this display of what the lizard folk consider to be a valuable commodity. The man in charge, struggling to maintain composure, hastily interjects. Not that, I mean money, coins, trade. You must have something to trade? He stammers, gesturing dismissively at the proffered meat. Realization dawns upon the ranger. Ah, uh, trade. We understand now, he says, a hint of relief in his voice. The man points them towards a nearby building, the local butcher's shop. Let's start with something simple. He deals in meat. If you have game to trade, he will give you money for it. That is how you can earn your fee. We always need more food. The lizard folk, now somewhat enlightened about the ways of human commerce, nod in agreement. The notion of hunting in exchange for this money sits well within their understanding. And so, with the new objective, they turn their attention to the forests surrounding Mildenbar, their minds set on the hunt, and perhaps, on a deeper understanding of this strange new world and its curious customs. With a newfound goal to acquire money through trade, the lizard folk party decides to split up to enhance their chances of a successful hunt. The ranger, a being whose very essence is intertwined with the wilds, leads the sorcerer and cleric into the dense embrace of the surrounding forest. Their steps are silent, a dance of shadows amidst the underbrush. The sorcerer, his eyes alight with arcane knowledge, whispers enchantments that sharpen their senses, while the cleric, a bastion of spiritual strength, silently prays to their deities for a bountiful hunt. As they delve deeper into the woods, the trio's skills prove formidable. The ranger, with an arrow knocked and ready, spots a pair of deer grazing in a clearing. With a precision born of years in the swamp, he lets an arrow fly, felling one with a single, clean shot. The cleric and sorcerer move swiftly to secure their prize, but nature has other plans. 
From the thicket emerges a pack of wolves, their eyes gleaming with predatory intent. The deer, a much-needed prize in the unforgiving wilds, has attracted more than just the lizard folk. A tense standoff ensues. The ranger, bow still in hand, stands protectively over their quarry. The sorcerer readies a spell, his hands glowing with a foreboding energy, while the cleric grips his holy symbol, ready to invoke divine protection. The wolves, gaunt and desperate, circle warily, their instincts driving them closer. With a burst of action, the confrontation erupts. Arrows fly, spells crackle through the air, and the wolves, driven by hunger, leap with bared fangs. The battle is fierce, but brief. The lizard folk's prowess proves superior, and soon, the pack retreats, leaving the hunters to claim their deer. Meanwhile, the fighter and barbarian find themselves in a very different predicament. Venturing away from the forest, they stumble upon a small farmstead, its fields a patchwork of crops and livestock. Spotting a lone goat within a fenced enclosure, the barbarian's primal instincts take over. In his mind, this is a simple matter of hunt and prey. The fighter, bloodthirstily draws his short bow and looses an arrow. The goat, struck, lets out a pained bleat that shatters the morning's tranquility. As they approach their felled quarry, the situation rapidly deteriorates. The farmer, alerted by the commotion, rushes outside to find the two lizard folk lifting the body of his goat. Confusion and anger contort his features as he confronts them, his gestures animated with the universal language of outrage. The fighter, misunderstanding the farmer's claim, insists they shot the goat fair and square, oblivious to the concept of livestock ownership. The encounter escalates when the farmer attempts to reclaim his goat. The barbarian, interpreting this as aggression, reacts with deadly force. In a matter of moments, the situation turns from a hunt to a grim scene of misunderstanding and violence. The farmer lies motionless, a victim of cultural misinterpretation and the lizard folk's survival instincts. The wife and children, emerging from the farmhouse, are met with a sight of horror. The lizard folk, failing to grasp the gravity of their actions, leave the farm with both the goat and a grim souvenir of the encounter. Unaware of the ripples of fear and sorrow they leave in their wake, they head towards the butcher, intent on completing their mission. This misadventure, a contrast to the forest hunt, highlights the chasm between the lizard folk's primal nature and the human world. The disparate hunting expeditions of the lizard folk culminate in an unexpected maelstrom of chaos at the local butcher's shop. The ranger, sorcerer, and cleric arrive first, their successful forest hunt yielding two deer. They stand outside the butchers, their expressions a mix of pride and anticipation, unaware of the tumultuous events about to unfold. Shortly after, the fighter and barbarian approach, their gait confident yet unassuming. Between them, they carry the slain goat and, to the horror of those around, a grisly portion of human meat, a stark, unsettling reminder of their earlier encounter. The townsfolk, already on edge from the presence of these alien beings, recoil in shock and fear. As the group enters the butcher's shop, the atmosphere tenses palpably. The butcher, a burly man with hands calloused from years of labor, looks up to see the lizard folk in their unsettling hall. His eyes widen in recognition upon seeing the goat, the tag on its ear a clear message to its origin from a local farm. Alarm and indignation flare within him as he pieces together the grim implications. The situation escalates when the barbarian, in an ill-fated attempt to trade, presents the human meat. The butcher's face contorts with horror and revulsion. Out! 
get out of my shop. He bellows, his voice a mixture of anger and disbelief. The surrounding crowd, already teetering on the brink of panic, erupts into shouts and screams. The town guards, drawn by the commotion, arrive with caution etched on their faces. The sight of the lizard folk, surrounded by an agitated crowd and holding such macabre offerings, leaves them in a momentary state of worry and decision. However, recognizing the volatility of the situation, they step forward to intervene. The ranger, his voice calm but laced with a hint of desperation, attempts to explain. We meant no harm. We hunted, as was suggested. We do not understand your ways fully. But his words fall on deaf ears, drowned out by the rising tide of fear and mistrust. Escorted by the guards, the lizard folk are brought before the mayor, a figure of authority who now must grapple with this unprecedented situation. The butcher, following close behind, recounts the events in fervent tones. The mayor, faced with the task of preserving peace and order, makes a decision heavy with consequence. You have brought fear and turmoil to Mildenbar. Your ways, they are too different, too dangerous for our town. I must ask you to leave and not return. The mayor declares, his voice resolute. The rangers attempt at an apology, sincere though it is, cannot bridge the gap that cultural misunderstanding and fear have wrought. As the guards lead the dejected lizard folk out of the town, a heavy silence falls over the group. The exclusion from Mildenbar is a setback on their adventure. It is a moment of introspection and a harsh lesson in the complexities of a world far removed from the simplicity of their swamp-plant home. As the lizard folk are solemnly escorted out of Mildenbar, a tumultuous scene unfolding at a nearby tavern captures their attention, momentarily pausing their somber procession. The source of the commotion is a man clad in gleaming silver armor, his posture radiating arrogance and entitlement. He stands at the tavern's entrance, embroiled in a heated argument with the tavern owner, a beleaguered man whose frustration and despair are evident in his furrowed brow and weary eyes. The armored man's voice rings out, sharp and haughty, cutting through the morning air like a blade. You know who I am. I am under the protection of Baron Highwater himself. Do you dare cross me? He sneers, his hand resting on the hilt of a finely crafted sword. His words drip with the venom of privilege and power, a clear threat veiled thinly in the guise of a question. The tavern owner, undeterred by the man's prestigious connections, stands his ground. Every patron pays for their ale, no matter their title or standing. Even you, sir, are no exception. He retorts, his voice a mixture of bravery and desperation. This defiance only fuels the armored man's ire. I protect this town from thieves and vagabonds. I should be rewarded, not charged for trivialities like ale. If you value your tavern, you'll reconsider your stance. He bellows, his face reddening with anger. His threat is unmistakable, a blatant abuse of his position and influence. The surrounding crowd, a mix of townsfolk and visitors, watches the altercation with a growing sense of unease. The guards, upon noticing the commotion, exchange hesitant glances. Their duty to uphold the law conflicts with the fear of antagonizing someone of high status, someone backed by the powerful Baron Highwater. Reluctantly, they choose an action, a decision that speaks volumes in the silence of their lowered gazes. The tavern owner, realizing the futility of his stance against such corruption, deflates visibly. His shoulders slump in resignation as he turns back into the dim interior of his establishment, his plea for fairness and justice lost amidst the complexities of power and politics. For the lizard folk, 
This encounter is a revelation of the human world's intricate social hierarchies and the corrupting influence of power. It is a world where mind and connection often outweigh right, a concept alien to their straightforward and communal way of life. As they are led past the tavern, the weight of this realization adds a new layer to their understanding of this complex, often unfathomable society. Exiled from Mildenbar, the lizard folk find themselves once again under the open sky, the town's gates closing behind them like a chapter ending. The world outside the town feels different now, tinged with the complexities they have just begun to understand. They settle into a silence, each lost in thought over the day's tumultuous events. As they prepare to depart, a figure approaches them tentatively. It's the tavern owner from the altercation they witnessed, his expression a mix of determination and apprehension. He stops a few paces away, eyeing the lizard folk with a mixture of respect and desperation. You are not like the others in this town. You stand outside their rules, their politics. He begins, his voice steady but laced with an undercurrent of urgency. The lizard folk, curious, turn their attention to him. The ranger, acting as their unofficial spokesperson, nods for him to continue. The tavern owner takes a deep breath, gathering his thoughts. I've seen what you can do, and I've heard of your direct approach to solving problems. I need someone like you, someone outside of Highwater's reach. I want you to protect my tavern. Highwater and his men, they're corrupt. They're a threat not just to me, but to all who defy them. I can pay you, not in gold, but in supplies, food, a place to stay. He says, his eyes scanning the faces of the lizard folk. The proposition hangs in the air, as palpable as the tension that had just enveloped the town. The offer marks the first time the lizard folk are given a task not born of their own mission, but from the needs of another, a task that delves into the murky waters of human morality and politics. The ranger exchanges a glance with his companions, their expressions unreadable yet thoughtful. Thank you for joining us on this thrilling journey through Tales of Scales and Sorcery. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to life. If you loved venturing with our scaly heroes, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to our channel for more epic adventures. Your support means the world to us and helps us continue creating content that ignites your imagination. Don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. Click the bell icon to get notified about our latest adventures. Share this video with your fellow D&D enthusiasts and let us know in the comments below what you think our lizard folk should do next in their quest. Until next time, keep rolling those dice, and may your adventures be as epic as the ones you've just witnessed. Farewell, and may fortune favor the bold.